everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Okay, so the K-drama that I've chosen to speak about um, and discuss this week is Flower Crew Joseon Marriage Agency. So this drama is a sagwok, but it's kind of like a rom-com Joseon set kind of feel to it. Um, and it's, you know, super, super recent as I record this. It's a 2019 drama. Um, it's only 16 episodes, which is nice. I remember kind of earlier towards the start of the year, being really, really excited at the idea that all these sort of more rom-com style Joseon set dramas were coming out. And I did see, you know, they're all around 16 episodes, which I don't know why, but I do kind of prefer the shorter run times of the 16 episode um, dramas, just because I think it's a little bit different with Sagooks, but a lot of dramas sometimes can run out of steam with a 20 episode runtime. And I feel like there's a few episodes in there with the noble sacrifice or the, you know, running away for no reason, separation for no reason, that kind of stuff that can kind of, I think, just slow down the pacing. Um, while I feel that with 16 episode dramas, usually shows can sort of fill that out with enough plot. Um, I do think Joseon set dramas are a little bit different just because, you know, the stakes are always going to be much higher than a modern set drama. I mean, you know, usually uh, not maybe the crime dramas and stuff, but in terms of say a rom-com, just because in Joseon times, you know, there's a lot of uh, plotting and fighting and death and torture and prison, you know, like there's everything you can think of. So I feel like there's a lot more to kind of pack into a show. Um, But in saying that, I was really excited by some of these shorter runtime dramas. um, And I was This isn't a drama that I particularly picked up because I knew anyone that was in it. Um, I have seen the lead actor in stuff before, but, you know, not to a point where I would follow him around drama land. But, you know, he wouldn't turn me off anything either. He's quite good. Um, So I just kind of was interested in the concept. I just liked the idea of watching something very light and, you know, hopefully romantic and, you know, light and kind of funny, but set in Joseon times. Um, I didn't realize, but this drama is actually based on a book, which is quite interesting. Um, And so the lead actor is Kim Min Jae. So Kim Min Jae, I've seen him... I feel like maybe 
once before that's like really top of my mind, but I think I've seen him in other stuff as well. He's sort of been around for a while, popping up in stuff. He played the second male lead in a Korean drama called The Best Hit, which is a modern, um, I guess like a modern rom-com. It also stars Yoon Chi Yoon and an actress that I absolutely love, um, whose name I've forgotten right this moment, which is terrible. Um, but I really loved that drama and I thought he was very good in it. Um, I just remember this one scene in that drama where he does like a crazy rap on stage and he was very cool um, so I was quite happy to see that he was starring in this um, all the other actors and actresses in this I don't know I hadn't really seen any of them before but um, I think that they are all pretty good. Um, the main actress in this is played by, um, oh, sorry, the main uh, female lead is played by an actress called Gong Sung Yeon. Um, I haven't seen her before. I'm not sure if she's an idol or not. She was, she's kind of interesting. I really quite liked her character. She's a very sort of coarse, I suppose, peasant girl, you know, she used to be a slave and now she's sort of on the run hiding as a commoner and she's just very brash and bold and, you know, just in your face and she has no manners and obviously she hasn't learnt all this, you know, Joseon lady etiquette or anything and I really quite liked her character actually. I don't think it's anything too new um, but I did enjoy it. The actress, I think, um, she, I think for me, I don't know why it, she took a little bit of getting used to, but she really grew on me. Um, I think that she's very pretty looking, but almost in, she looks a little bit unique, I suppose, which sometimes I think in terms of beauty, <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of feel that people that have something very unique about their faces can end up looking more striking and more beautiful than people that look very, you know, maybe beautiful in a classic way that ends up looking a little bit bland. Um, so I think she's very striking looking. Um, and I just liked her more and more as the episodes went by. I don't know if that was just I sunk into the drama or I got into her character, but I kind of feel like the actress grew on me. I think, you know, potentially she does sort of overact some things, like some of her expressions and reactions are maybe a little bit over the top, but I, I found her quite endearing, so I didn't really mind, to be honest. Um, the main male lead, Kim Min-jae, um, he, I thought he was quite good in this, but he does play that kind of typical upper class Joseon guy who just sort of barks out orders and never smiles and yells at everyone, <laughs> which we've all seen a million times before, but I don't know. I don't mind it. Um, I thought he was quite good. He's an interesting guy. Um, Kim Min-jae, the actor, like he's just got such a baby face. He just looks like a cute baby. And yet when he speaks, he has a very deep kind of manly voice so every time he says anything I, I was kind of like oh what and a little like moment of shock um because he does look very sweet and very young like he's got such a boyish face but when he opens his mouth you're reminded oh okay he's a grown-up all right um other actors I guess in this or the main ones um, to talk about, I suppose, would be the second male lead. So Soji Hoon, I see that he's been recently cast in some other stuff. So I have a feeling this actor's probably going to do quite well for himself. And I do feel like he doesn't have a huge, huge role. Like he's the second male lead, but for quite a lot of the drama, he, he feels quite absent, um, you know, as the drama kind of goes onwards he does come into it a bit more and he's given a bit more meat and stuff to do um but I did think he's got a bit of presence to him 
So I think this actor's quite good. Again, he's like, he's very young and boyish looking. He's very pretty, but I think he does have a bit of um, gravity and weight to his performance. So I quite liked him and I would be interested to see what he does next. And then, of course, you have your flower boys because this is a flower crew. <laughs> Joseon Marriage Agency is what it's called. Um, so, of course, it's stuffed full with flower boys. So other than the two flower boys I already mentioned, um, we have two the actors who I've never seen before. They both play side characters in this and I think they both do a fine job. They're both fine. Um, Park Ji-hoon, I'm not sure. I think he might be an idol. He's just ridiculously cute. Like you just want to give him a lollipop and squeeze his cheek. And then the other one is this kind of tall womanizer guy who just walks around trying his best to look like really sexy all the time, played by an actor called Byon Woo Sok. And again, he was good. Um, you know, he's very pretty. They both are. Um, they, they're very much so side characters and they both did have kind of interesting things going on, but I felt like the writer wanted to give them both a bit of tragedy to their backstories, but I felt that the writing of it kind of felt a little bit one note, you know, they were just... There weren't many things. I didn't feel like they were fully fleshed out, multifaceted kind of people. We have Park Ji-hoon's character who's just, you know, he's just cute. He's just really cute. And that's his personality. He's this kind of like frivolous, materialistic, really cute guy who just is grumbling and, you know, jealous and petty all the time. And then we find out he has, you know, a tragic backstory. And same with Byon Woo Sok's character, who, you know, he's just this sort of like really sexy womanizing guy who suddenly falls in love for no reason with this woman who's kind of a bit mean. And I, w I was very interested in this sort of side romance in this drama. Um, I, th I feel like I'm getting off track from the main story. But anyway, um, just because I felt like him and this, you know, kind of, I suppose, a second female lead sort of character, she's a bit nasty. And I was like... I just don't believe that they would actually be happy together or that they're actually in love. You know, he is such a womanizer. I just, I can't see him sticking with one woman forever. I mean, I don't know. I think I kind of consider myself a romantic, but I'm probably a bit of a realist too. And I, I couldn't really see them having this big romantic future. I feel like he would just sort of find somebody else or go back to the gibang and, you know, hit up a giseng or something like that. And she is, you know, she's very open about what she wants, um, played by the actress Go Won Hee. So she's kind of the second female lead character, but involved in a side romance. Um, but, you know, she just wants power and she's not that nice. Um, I, I found it quite interesting. I kind of liked that she wasn't just an antagonist. She sort of had her own romance and her own things going on. But at the same time, I didn't really buy that romance exactly. And in saying that, I still enjoyed watching it. Um, I still definitely enjoyed it. But the setup of it, I was like, eh, you guys aren't going to last. <laughs> um, so I guess what else? I guess I should talk a little bit about maybe the actual <laughs> story itself. Um, so I suppose I went into this, you know, just expecting something very light. And the opening episode is very interesting. It stars um, a cameo by Gosu, who is, you know, as far as I know, quite a famous actor. So I was um, a little bit surprised to see him just pop up as the crown prince in episode one. Um, there's a few cameos actually in episode one, and they all just 
aren't in it for the rest of the drama, even though they're quite famous. Um, but the tone of that opening of that episode is full on, you know, it's like dark Sargork. It's like a bloody murderous kind of tale. And it's very good. It's really well done. It's very, um, very exciting and very dark. And I thought it was a really interesting way to open the drama because it certainly, it certainly gives us a lot of stakes. So basically we see this crown prince rushing home from being, I guess, um, you know, like a, a hostage, a royal hostage in China. And he's coming back to Joseon because his dad, the king, is dying and he needs to get back. Um, but on his way back, as soon as he gets off the boat, there's about a thousand assassins all trying to murder him. And he's, you know, getting away and all his guards who are protecting him are getting killed. And it's very intense, like it's very bloody. And eventually he just dies, like he just dies and that's it. So it's very, very, I guess a very dark way to open the drama. But I suppose what it does is when the drama immediately flips to this much lighter kind of silly flower boy tone where you've got all these like, you know, really pretty boys walking around and really pretty handbox and all the girls are like screaming for them on the street as <laughs> as they do. Um, I guess an opening like that is just this immediate setup that enables us as a watcher to know that the stakes are big. Like, yes, right now they're showing us a very light kind of candy floss world and everything's really sweet and fun. Because of that really dark opening, we know that in this world, no matter how light it seems, people can die and people do die. And therefore there is a lot of risk to our characters. So I quite liked that. I thought that was a good setup. Um, so for me, the beginning of this drama, once it turns very light and breezy and kind of cute, it was, I didn't come into this with a lot of expectations. Let me say I wasn't something I was hugely anticipating. I just wanted to watch it cause I thought it looked sweet and I like rom-coms and I like Joyce and said stuff. Um, in the end, I found the beginning of this drama a lot more romantic and engaging, um, and kind of emotional than I expected. It really sucked me in to the main love story. And I'm going to talk about that stuff a lot more um, in a little bit. But I guess that really surprised me that the love story, the setup of it and the kind of the feelings that were going back and forth and being hidden and all that stuff I thought was just done so well. The setup is perfect and you know you can really feel the kind of I guess the chemistry from very early on in the drama um, as everything is developing so I I really really loved the start of this show like I was a bit addicted and I loved it a lot more than I expected and I got um you know actually emotionally hooked more than I expected I thought oh this will just be something light and fun that I can watch but I was actually caring about how the romance in this drama would unfold and what would happen So that brings me to the love triangle. So the main plot of this drama is based around and structured around this love triangle in a way that, you know, I probably have seen before, but I can't really think of it. I think, you know, love triangles are so common, but when you actually think about it, they are usually something aside from the plot. The plot itself isn't usually, I guess, um, 
triggered by the love triangle. For instance, you know, a drama like Love Alarm, which came out recently, the main plot is meant to be, I'm not sure if it was, but it was meant to be about, you know, the creation of this app that can tell people if you have feelings for them. So that is supposed to be the driver of the plot and the world and not the love triangle itself. Whilst you know, the love triangle could have been there or not been there, but the app still would have been there. The point of the drama would still have existed even without the love triangle. Even though, you know, that drama is billed as a love triangle drama, that's how it's advertised. This drama, the love triangle absolutely underpins the story, which is something that I thought was really, really clever set up. It was also the kind of love triangle that Ah, oh, it was the setup is so well done. You know, you you see these people get kind of pushed into certain um, roles and directions, and you know the the choices that are left in front of them in terms of their feelings and who they like and who they don't like. You 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 feel really bad for them. You feel really sorry for them because they're very helpless to their circumstances, which I think is a wonderful way to set up a a love triangle. You know, it's not just who will she pick? There are so many more consequences and, um, you know, problems and conflicts throughout this love triangle than just which way do her feelings lie, lie or which boy does she like. So I guess the setup, right, is that Gedong, who is the main character, the female lead, she, we find out that she was obviously a slave. Um, oh, she, yeah, I think she must, I'm not even exactly sure, like a noble and then, you know, a slave. You can't really tell at the start of the drama anyway. Um, but she's pretending to be a commoner. And she lives with this young man who's a blacksmith and his dad and his, uh, the young man's name, played by the actor So Ji-hoon, is Lee Su. So he's a um, kind of a commoner blacksmith. And he is obviously completely in love with her. And him and his dad have just sort of obviously taken her in and looked after her and their family. Um, and he asks her to marry him. And she says yes. And in that moment that she says yes, you know, she looks... I don't know. She looks like she loves him. But later on in the, in the drama, you do wonder, perhaps, perhaps it's a family love. It's like a love for someone that they've saved you and they've kept you safe and you're very happy with them. You're best friends with them. So why wouldn't you marry them? Maybe that's what's going on on Kedong's side. I'm not really sure. But when Lisu asks her to marry him, she says yes. And she looks moved by it. She looks like she loves him. Um, but meanwhile, Lee Su is kind of hiring this leader of this chosen marriage agency. So a bunch of matchmaker boys um, led by Ma Hoon, who's played by Kim Min Jae. I found these whole, the whole flower crew thing is very funny because the whole point of why they are the most famous matchmakers in Hanyang is because every single couple they've ever, um, you know, betrothed to each other and match matched together have gone on to live long and happy lives and never broken up and everyone keeps saying that you know they never break up and I'm like all these boys look like they are 20 tops and you know they couldn't have been doing this for that long so I don't feel that we've that enough time has passed to see whether any of these couples ever break up and I'm pretty sure at some point in the drama you find out they've been doing this for about three years so I guess in three years none of those couples have broken up and also 
I kind of feel like back in Joseon times, it would have been really hard to break up. I don't know if divorce was a big thing, <laughs> but anyway, that's beside the point. So uh, Lee Soo is hiring Ma Hoon to marry Lee Soo and Gedong. Um, I hope I'm not confusing everybody with all these names. <laughs> um, and so Ma Hoon, who's the main male lead, and Gedong, you know, they kind of have all these interactions. They're very antagonist. They're always bickering and yelling at each other. And there's definitely some chemistry there. You can kind of feel it, I suppose. And I think the drama does well to kind of embedded. I think not really on her side. She's just running around doing her thing and trying to make money and being brash and bold. But on his side, you can see that he's a little bit intrigued by her. Like it's not a huge thing, but he's he's just interested in her. And then when it comes to the time that he's finally agreed and he sets up this marriage between Gedong and Lisu, you can tell that Ma Hoon is he's a little bit just like off kilter about it. He's going to do it, but there's something about him in those scenes that's almost a little bit sad. Like, you know, like maybe there was a missed opportunity there. Maybe this is someone that he could have liked. And I think that comes across in the drama really well. I think it's written really well because it's very, very, very subtle. Um, because he doesn't really know her, you know, he doesn't know her enough to like her and properly, you know, be interested in her, but there's just some sort of spark of something. And you can tell that maybe buried under layers and layers of denial that he has in some way or form recognized that something could have been with this woman, but she's getting married to someone else and it's his job to make sure that it all goes well and smoothly. Um, so Mahoon, I really liked his setup as well, because again, it kind of adds an obstacle to the love triangle that I really liked. And his setup is that he was the younger son and the older son, um, you know, back when he was a kid, his older brother very much so believed in love and basically dies to try and save this um, peasant couple who are slaves on his father's land to try and get them away so that they can get married and be happy together. He believes in their love so much that he ends up sacrificing himself. But what Ma Hoon sees after his brother is dead, which is just devastating to him and also he feels like his father is absolutely the reason his brother is dead so from this point moment on he is absolutely poisonous he hates his father with everything inside him but to make things worse Mahoon witnesses then this peasant couple he sees that when his father puts pressure on them and kind of um you know says he's going to kill one of them or whatever the 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 man the husband guy turns on the woman and just straight away is like sacrifices her is like if I can live you know do whatever you want with her I don't care you know he just he caves straight away and Mahoon then has this moment of not believing in love he doesn't believe it's real it's not something for him it's not something he feels that he'll ever feel so I loved this setup I thought it was a really cool way to establish a very cold removed character and yet have him kind of against his will begin to fall in love with Gedong um, as he gets to know her and him have to sort of fight that for multiple other reasons but also for this reason that he doesn't really believe in it and yet he's feeling what he feels even though rationally he tells himself that that can't be real but 
I kind of felt it was a bit of a missed opportunity because I don't think the drama, you know, they set it up really well. The idea that, you know, here's a man who doesn't believe in love and they give him such a solid reason to not believe in love, tied up in the devastating death of his own brother. So it's very strong. But then throughout the drama, I didn't feel that Mahoon that that kind of came back out as an obstacle. I feel like it just sort of got it was used as set up to make us care about him and understand who he was. But then I felt it was just laid to rest and it didn't really bubble up again for like, you know, like 10 episodes as this couple get to know each other, him and Gedong, and fall in love. And that conflict didn't really bubble up and it didn't really come between them. It didn't really cause him to back away or try and shut himself off or... I, I just kind of felt like if that was true, how he felt about that past incident and how he didn't believe in love, I think he would have felt more afraid of falling in love than he does in this drama. And I kind of wanted to see him struggle with falling in love and maybe fight those feelings a bit more. And, you know, as cliched as that sounds, um, because, you know, we've probably seen that a lot in dramas but at the same time, if you're going to set a character up to feel that way, I feel that there needs to be follow through. Like that needs to be the backbone of this character. His whole thing is that he doesn't believe in it. And yet, you know, this is what he does for a living. He's a matchmaker. But for himself, he doesn't believe in love. And I loved it. But then I felt like it was underutilized. It never really, you know, in those 10 episodes where him and Gedong fall in love, it just doesn't bubble back up. Um, so meanwhile, what happens at this wedding that Ma Hoon has organized for Gedong and Lee Su is Lee Su runs off to his house to go get a thing that he forgot or whatever, and he gets kidnapped and he just disappears off the face of the earth as far as Gedong and Ma Hoon are concerned. She is just left at literally practically the altar, except, you know, it's Korea, so it's different. Um, but she's just left there alone and she doesn't really have anywhere to go because when she goes back home, all these weird assassin dudes turn up and try and murder her. So Ma Hoon, I feel like it wouldn't be like this with any woman, but because he does have these sort of the spark of something for, for her already, just like he can't, against his better judgment, he just can't leave her alone. You know, she ends up living in his house and sort of doing an apprenticeship to become one of the matchmakers, um, even though, you know, some of the other boys in the flower crew aren't so keen on it. Um, so I really liked all that setup. I thought it was done well. And then Lee Su um, kind of disappears off the scene a bit, the second male lead. But we do find out that he's been wrestled to the palace and it turns out that he is actually the heir to the throne now that the crown prince from episode one, Gosu, has been murdered. But what's really cool about it all um, for the palace stuff, I think, is that Lee Su has literally been brought in to be a puppet king. The whole point of him and the minister who's brought him in is that he used to be a blacksmith and he won't know how to do anything. He won't be good at being a king. Hopefully he'll just be happy to wander around the palace and have women thrown at him and nice food and just live in silks and do nothing and not get in, you know, the courtiers ways who will basically rule the nation through this idiotic puppet king. But of course, Lee Su is you know, he's a good guy and he has more of a backbone than that. And so he begins to, you know, get involved in these power games. And 
he kind of doesn't do it until he realizes the consequences of, you know, him trying to escape and him not getting involved in that he can't protect the people around him. And so he has, you know, it's actually really horrifying. You know, he'll have, you know, servants and stuff that he'll sort of become friends with and then they get, you know, tortured and then forced to give up information about him, um, you know, through torture and threatening of killing her family. And she ends up killing herself. And it's just horrifying. Like the stuff that Lee Su has to go through as the King of Joseon, as he slowly tries to find his feet in the palace and the whole time just longs for Getong. Like he just wants to marry her. She's the absolute love of his life, but also clearly his best friend, like someone that he just wants to be beside. And it's so sad. So this is where I think the love triangle setup is done so well. There's so much at stake. And, you know, Mahoon soon realizes that Lisu, the blacksmith, is actually the king of Joseon. And Lisu knows that he can't really go off and marry a peasant woman right now. He needs power and he needs a way to maybe bring her into the palace. He needs to figure out how to do this in a way that will keep Gedong safe. Gedong, of course, is just you know running around and she has no idea what's going on while these two dudes decide her future. But anyway... And so Lisu, the king, kind of asks and, you know, orders, I suppose, Mahoon to look after Gedong, to keep her safe and to, yeah, just take care of her in the meantime, which, you know, straight away is a dangerous thing to do, um, I, I kind of think. Uh, but, I mean, he doesn't know that there's sparking feelings there. And as far as he's aware, Gedong said yes to him, you know, they promised to get married, they promised to be together. And it is like it's very heart aching to see Lee Su dealing with such intense shit in the palace while Gedong is missing him and crying over him, but at the same time enjoying spending time with Mahoon. And these two are slowly liking each other and falling in love. And this is the point where for me, like, okay, so I loved the setup. I loved how, you know, for instance, um, a love triangle like, well, I mentioned before, Love Alarm. One of the reasons that that love triangle didn't work for me is because there weren't any feelings from, you know, for the beginning or the whole drama. I know that's a webtoon and later on this stuff will come in. But for the show itself, um, Kim So-hyun never liked or wavered between both of the boys. She actually didn't even know one of the boys existed for three quarters of the show. So to me, that's not a love triangle. That is a love story between two people while some other dude skulks around and stares at them from the other side of the schoolyard. And that's not a love triangle because she is not wavering between two people. A love triangle is when I think her emotions are, you know, being confused and she can't figure out what she wants. So, you know, boys over flowers is a real love triangle because uh, Jandy can't decide, you know, what she wants. She She's kind of likes both of these boys one at a time, you know, but that's what to me, a love triangle is. So I thought the love triangle setup of this was incredible. You know, Kedong agreed to marry this guy, Lisu, and then he's gone and he's gone for such a long time and she doesn't know what's happened. And 
she begins to waver. And I think particularly when she realizes that Lee Su is safe and he's not dead in a ditch somewhere. And actually now he's a nobleman, but he's just got some shit he's got to sort out. So once she knows that he's okay, I think this is where the problems start to arise for her in that her feelings begin to really shift. And I think maybe they were before that as well because she's coming to rely and really care about Mahoon. But I also think she probably doesn't fully acknowledge them to herself. Um, so that's a good thing, I suppose, in terms of her character. I think it would be a bit fucking rough if, you know, she's in love with someone and then he dies and within two minutes, you know, without even knowing if he is dead or alive, she starts falling in love with someone else. So once she knows he's safe, I feel her feelings begin to really, really waver towards Mahoon. But... So I loved all that. I loved how solid and just difficult and conflicted this love triangle is. It really is done well. Like, for instance, Lee Su wants her but can't have her because of his situation. Mahoon is falling in love with her but understanding that he can't fall in love with her because she's the fucking king's woman and you know, the king's woman, like it's not his place to fall in love with her. And Gedong is betrothed to someone but is finding herself looking at somebody else. So like the conflict that every single character is feeling is just like, it's agonizing. It's so good. That is what a love triangle should be. But then the problem for me comes where, when you think about it, like I love love triangles. They are fantastic. They are such good conflict, but if they are done right, which is, you know, I guess the main pointy end of the love triangle is having conflicted feelings towards two people to create that conflict, um, there's a very fine line there between a love triangle and cheating. <laughs> and that's what I don't like. I don't like cheating. So at around episode 10 of this drama, you know, Gedong, she is still technically with Lee Su. She's with him. She's agreed to marry him. She knows he's alive. She knows that she's agreed to marry him. And yet... She confesses her feelings to Mahoon. And I felt weird about it because this is the point where something that is like, you know, I guess the appeal of a love triangle is the idea of the forbiddenness of it. You know, like I suppose in, in this one, the appeal of it is that she is engaged to someone else and yet she's falling in love with Mahoon and he can't love her back because he shouldn't because he knows she's the king's woman, but he, he is, you know, and he can't help it. So that is just such a great setup. It's, it's the forbidden part of it that's so good. But then when Gedong crosses the line and confesses that she is in love with Mahoon to his face and through, you know, terrible timing and circumstances, Lee Su happens to be standing right behind her um, and she doesn't notice. So he totally hears this like full on confession. And the thing that kills me about it is that at this point, she's still with Lee Su. So there is, you know, it's not Gedong's fault if she's with Lee Su, but her feelings are changing and her feelings are moving towards Mahoon. But it is her fault if while she's with Lee Su, she does something about that towards Mahoon. And she hits on Mahoon without fucking breaking up with Lee Su first. So this was my problem. This is where it, it just it crosses the line into cheating territory. They, her, oh, I find, I get very upset by this kind of stuff. It's the kind of like, 
it's so funny because I do love the whole forbidden thing about it. It's very addictive. And yet, as soon as it kind of crosses into that moral gray area for me, I'm like, oh, now I don't like it. And the problem with it is I think it ruins Gedong's character a little bit for me. It made me like her less because she was willing to do this. And I'm supposed to be feeling so romantic about Gedong and Mahoon walking around and you know her confessing her love to him and him eventually realizing you know she really does love him and he's been holding himself back and then he kisses her and it's supposed to be so romantic but it wasn't for me because it was cheating if it hadn't been cheating then it would have been very romantic <laughs> but as it stood it wasn't um so it made me like Gedong less the other problem with it was because this is a rom-com, all the stuff with Mahoon and Gedong is very light and frothy and fun, but all the stuff with Lisu in the palace is dark as fuck. Like, he is just having the most tragic, miserable, horrible time. Everyone he gets close with either, you know, is, is selling his secrets or fucking dies because it's his fault, you know, or gets tortured. Like, it is fucked what's happening to this poor boy who is you know he's very young he's very sweet he wants to do the right thing he's completely and utterly desperately in love with Gedong and she's just kind of gallivanting around Han Yang and hitting on someone else and because Lee Su's storyline is so heavy and dark and you just feel so sorry for him it it again like, I guess, um, in contrast to the light frothiness, you, you have to feel really sorry for him. And so when Gedong confesses to Mahoon in front of Lee Su and it breaks Lee Su's heart, you can't help but be on his side, really. Even though, you know, I know that there's probably a lot to say that perhaps when Gedong agreed to marry him in the first place, you know, maybe it was more like you know, they're not related, but brotherly love, you know, this is this young man who's taking care of her as long as she can remember, and she does love him, and maybe she even thought she was in love with him, because she's never been in love with someone, and she does love him so strongly, but once she meets Mahoon and actually starts to fall in love for proper, she realizes that those two emotions are different things, and she regrets saying yes to Lisu. And I completely understand that. That's not her fault, the way that her feelings move and change. But what is her fault is that she shouldn't have done anything about it until she spoke to Lee Su and told him how she felt. She should have broken it off with Lee Su first. And that still would have been devastating. And, you know, the contrast between the light, frothy storylines with Mahoon and Gedong and the really dark stuff with Lee Su, it does make it a little bit hard to be on Gedong's side in that breakup because he's going through so much trauma. And, you know, like if I think about my own life, you know, if I love someone and they disappear and I'm hanging out with other people. Like, I, I don't think I'd do much except like miss him and love him. You know, like I wouldn't just change my feelings so quickly. So it kind of ends up make, painting Gedong in a slightly bad light, um, which just tarnishes how you feel about her because she didn't do the right thing. She should have broken up with Lee Su first. 
And it is really hard for her to do that. She obviously feels so guilty. And I did like the scene where she does it. It's fucking horrible. It's so sad. You know, like she's crushed that she has to do it because she does love this young man. Um, and he's completely devastated. He has nothing in his life left. Like he's just been forced into this role that he didn't want. He has to do it. He has nothing except his love for Gedong and she is leaving him. So it is devastatingly sad. Um, I did like that scene. I thought it was well done. I just fucking wish it had happened before Gedong hit on Mahoon. I wish she'd sort of spent a few episodes like maybe pushing Mahoon away while she waited to see Lee Su again. Like maybe, you know, kind of refusing to do romantic things with him and maybe getting him really confused because he feels like there's something really solid and strong between them. But she's suddenly, you know, turning away from him and not talking to him. And that would have been a conflict because it would have been confusing for him and it would have drawn things out. But it would have given Gedong enough time to see Lee Su and end things cleanly before she began something new. So. I just I really fucking hated it a lot actually and I guess the last thing I wanted to say about the romance that kind of again painted Gedong in a less than good light is when she lived with Lee Su the blacksmith back before he became the king and before she met Mahoon they were very very poor like they're basically peasants so they weren't living the high life she was scrounging around for money every single day so she was living a really really hard life with him and another part of me can't help but feel you know when she talks about when she starts living in the matchmaker house which is you know, really posh and rich and she gets all this beautiful food and she starts dressing like a noble lady and she gets given a real name and she suddenly, you know, like gets to live the high life. When she starts talking about the fact that she kind of doesn't want to go back to Lisu, she doesn't want to leave and go back because she feels like she belongs there. And that's all good, but I couldn't help feel, does she feel like she belongs there because it's just really nice? She doesn't have to do anything anymore. Like, the work that they do is a lot easier than what she used to do. Now she's, you know, got a, a lovely, beautiful room to herself and beautiful clothes. And, you know, she has all these material things that she didn't used to have. And I didn't like that as well, because I think it kind of reflects badly on her character, almost like, and I don't think the drama was trying to do that. It's trying to use the fact that she feels like she belongs there in that world as, I guess, you know, like a representation of her feelings for Mahoon, like she's coming home and Mahoon is her home, but therefore his home feels like her home. But what it did for me was show the contrast between her old shit life and her new beautiful life and her feeling swaying towards Mahoon who can offer her a beautiful life. And I didn't like that either. Um, and in saying that, you know, for the first 10 episodes, I really liked Gedong. I really like her character. Um, I really liked her struggles to try and become a noble woman. And, you know, the idea that a noble woman must hold herself back in every instance. And Gedong just can't do it. She, she keeps trying and she just cannot. And I really liked a lot about her character. But I just, there was this turning point where I feel like the situation was mishandled by the writer in a way that makes the watcher start to dislike Gedong because of the choices that she makes. And I don't, obviously it wasn't the writer's intention. This is just, you know, it's just fallout of the way this romantic entanglement 
happens. Um, but I think it kind of ruins the romance. I just couldn't really watch Mahoon and Gedong feel romantic after that because I felt so sorry for Lisu, even though I can tell that Gedong and Mahoon are endgame because they're both in love with each other. Like, of course they should be together if they're both in love with each other. Gedong can't help who she loves, but she can help who she hurts and how she hurts them. Like, either way, Lisu's going to get badly hurt, but she should have done it the right way. So I think that's actually all I'm going to say about Flower Crew, Joseon Marriage Agency. Um, I won't get into the rest of it or any you know, further spoilers. <laughs> um, in terms of the drama as a whole, I definitely think that it is a good drama to watch and I definitely still recommend it despite kind of how my feelings about it turned a little bit kind of in the middle. I still feel like it's really good and I think um, it was better than I expected in terms of those emotions and that love triangle which I thought the setup to was just absolute gold. It was so much fun to watch and very you know very moving and hooking. So I think if, if that's something that you like, it's definitely, definitely worth watching. And who knows, you might have a very different reaction to that whole love triangle than I did. I think it's such a personal taste kind of thing. So I think definitely the show is really, really good fun. To be honest, it's just really good fun. It was maybe even the fact that it was more romantic um, and did sort of emotionally connect me more than I expected is probably why the kind of turning point and the fallout of that did affect me or impact me more than I expected, which is maybe why I had a kind of more visceral sort of reaction to it, um, which maybe that's a good thing, you know, it meant that I cared, I cared about the characters. Um, so yeah, I definitely, definitely recommend it if you like rom-coms and if you like Joseon set stuff, this is definitely a great show to watch. now it is time for my random thing of the week. So this week I just wanted to read out a really quick K-drama quote that I really, really like. Uh, it's from the Korean drama That Winter the Wind Blows. So I'm just going to read this out. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to cry. If people had said that to me, I probably would have cried a day or two and been fine. Maybe because I didn't get to cry then, even now when I remember that, the tears keep on coming out. I think it's such a beautiful quote and, you know, this happens to me all the time in K-dramas, these kind of emotional ideas that just sort of hit you because they do feel very close to home or they're good reminders of, you know, the way you live your life, I suppose. Um, this one I think is particularly beautiful because, you know, it's that idea that negative emotions aren't always bad things. You know, they're not things to be pushed away. Like sometimes the right thing to do is to allow yourself to feel however you feel, even if it's something bad, if it's, you know, sadness or um, frightened, you know, being frightened, like those aren't necessarily bad things and if you allow yourself to embrace them then usually that's a way to sort of purge them from your body and if you don't sort of 
acknowledge how you feel, sometimes that's when I think bitterness can grow in your heart into something, you know, more dangerous that it begins to infect you. Um, so I thought that was just a really, really beautiful reminder that, you know, it's okay <laughs> to not be okay. Um, that sometimes embracing things is the way to get through them.